Hello and welcome to the Activist Podcast brought to you by Vegan FTA, Vegan or the Animals. I'm your host, Gareth Skur, and I'll also be joined by my wonderful co-host and wife, Jackie Norman. In this episode, we have Susan Hargreaves, founder of Animal Hero Kids. This interview is full of brilliant advice for parents wanting to bring up their children with kindness and compassion for animals. Susan shares with us her amazing work providing learning resources for a more compassionate world and helping the next generation of advocates be heroes for the animals. We hope you learn as much as we did from this episode and be sure to check out our social media pages at VeganFTA on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube where you can also find the series in video format. It is an honor to meet someone who has devoted so much of her life to animal rights activism. Your awareness of the plight of animals began at an early age when you were taken as an animal-loving child to a chicken hatchery. Can you share your experience of that with our viewers and how it shaped your life's work in creating heroes for the animals? Well, um, at nine years old, my Aunt Alwyn in West Yorkshire said to me, you love animals so much come to work with me today and you can see all the baby chicks being born and she was a receptionist so off i went at nine years of age and um she sat in the front desk and she said oh the chicks are back there and i opened the door and there was this large industrial warehouse room and all these conveyor belts and these big drums and uh, hoses coming from the drums. And then I walked closer to the conveyor belts and I saw all the chicks just hatching out of their eggs. And then I saw these people just gassing and suffocating the chicks in these bins. And the, the chicks, some were crawling out under the dead ones, trying to get over the dead ones. So some were half alive, some were still trying to get through and get some air up at the top and uh, I stood back away from that one bin and then I realized that it was a lot of bins and a lot of conveyor belts and all of the chicks were being all the male chicks are being gassed and suffocated and killed and um my aunt never mentioned this to me. And I wa- and I looked, my first thing I did was look to the closest adult, look up at their face, like, oh my God, look what's happening. And they just looked at me like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, can't you see what's happening? Can't you see what's happening? And uh, it was just business as usual. Yeah. So sad. Um, like for us now looking into that, you know, and, for us we straight away we're like the disconnection the disconnection and it's just yeah it's crazy that so many people can you know be there and be having that happen every day and not even think to realize that maybe we shouldn't show the nine-year-old um that sort of process you know it's it's horrific but from being a lone uh, voice for the animals you've gone on to become a powerful advocate for over 40 years and inspired countless more voices how have you seen the perception and acceptance of veganism and more so the perception of animals change over your years of advocacy? Well, the, uh, the chick, the guy who owned the chicken hatchery, I went in just as a, as a little um, pinpoint of the rest of the world uh, became vegetarian, the owner of the chicken hatchery. And he ended up selling it. And today it's a youth hostel in, in West Yorkshire. And that is, is that is indicative of the rest of the world in many ways. The, um, the stockyards in 1982 that I investigated in Toronto at Keel and St. Clair, horrific cruelty, um, is today a mall called the Stockyards Mall. Don't count, ask me why they kept the name Stockyards Mall. Who wants to go shopping at Stockyards Mall? But anyway, but uh, and then uh, I was in I was on like TV shows in the 80s, like the mid 80s, and I would n- never say the word vegan because you might as well be saying Martian. That people knew what Martian was with way more clarity than what vegan was. So there was no point in even. Um, 
mentioning it. And I've got some old news clips. We're working on a documentary right now. And in the old news clip is me saying, this is totally vegetarian. That, that means pure vegetarian. That means no eggs, no milk, no <laughs> going through that whole thing. And uh, that's the way it was for many years. You would have to say that if you were at a restaurant, you'd say, I'm completely vegetarian, totally vegetarian. That means no eggs, no milk, no, <laughs> no. And then I remember the day that somebody, the, the waitress turned to me and said, you mean you're vegan? I went, what? You know that word? And now look at it today. Look at, look at it today. I mean, look at Beyond Meat. There's still a lot further to go, let's face it, you know, um, for the animals. The, the chicks are still being gassed and suffocated. But the fact is, is that um, when I founded Animal Hero Kids and started giving awards to kids who help animals, that's all species of animals, dogs, cats, chickens, uh, you know, elephants. This is the book, Animal Hero Kids. When I first started giving awards, there was maybe two vegans and, and the rest are, they want, they like, want to help cats, they want to help dogs, they want to help horses. But I haven't had an Animal Hero Kids Awards ceremony, an annual one, for like five years where not every child or teen is vegan. So it's definitely, definitely changing, you know, and I've seen that change and I'm not used to it. I'm, I'm still ecstatic. If I go into a vegan restaurant and they give me a menu and I can eat anything on the menu, I always say, everybody else go first because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to stay calm and look really calm looking at the menu. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, I can have this, I can have that. And then I, then I just look what everyone else is having and hope that I have made up my mind by the time the person asks me. <laughs> oh, I love it. That must be yeah, huge change. We've been vegan for four years and, and for us, you know, things have changed and progressed even here in little old New Zealand in, in that time. So it must be um, monumental for you. It must be, you know, so... Um, gives you hope I guess yeah <laughs> it does and like all activists I have to keep going and uh, I have to think that I'm here for the long haul and celebrate the small victories and try to be kind to myself um, and keep my spirits up because it's not easy it's like we all of the all of the animal activists all of the people that have really seen what's happening to other animals that have really witnessed it, whether it be in a, a movie like Dominion or whether it be, you know, in your own neighborhood or in your own family's business, like you, Jackie, the dairy farm. Um, we, we are haunted by it, I think. It's almost a form of... Um, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And it's so funny because this activist I knew in 1980 when we were with Mobilization for Animals said to me that those who are still active today from the time, they're probably all post-traumatic stress syndrome sufferers because it just keeps them coming back. <laughs> it's pretty sick. <laughs> the, the fact is, is that uh, I, I think that we need to be really mindful of that when we're dealing with each other you know to try to be as positive as we can to to keep our spirits up you know to and support each other so like your show where you highlight what others are doing and you celebrate it and um then that's exactly the kind of element that is needed to continue to uh, to strengthen our movement to stop animal suffering. So that's what that's what you are doing, which is amazing. So thank you for asking me to come on today, all the way there in New Zealand. You know, and New Zealand is a progressive country. Let's face it. Yeah, we we're getting there. You know, for for so many years we've been touted as the world capital of of animal agriculture, and you know we're trying to show that actually there are a lot of us working to change that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, you yourself, you know, you, you've been 
part of so many major and important campaigns and, and been such a huge part in so many changes. And, you know, you've, you've also been, uh, been named as one of the top influential animal rights heroes, and rightly so. Um, you've spoken about, you know, mobilisation. What is the purple or purple? <laughs> That's my favourite colour. It's mine too. <laughs> what is the purpose of Animal Hero Kids? Well, uh, the purpose of Animal Hero Kids is to educate all about the suffering of other animals, the other species. This is Lovey. She wants to say hello. Hey, Lovey. Hello, Lovey. Hi, Miss She's 18, vegan. And um, so Animal Hero Kids empowers youth to compassionate action. And um, uh, for many years now, I've been doing that in schools. And I enter the schools with the being kind to all animals through that door and fostering self-esteem. And I inspire the other kids with stories of of kids who are just like them that are helping all species of animals. So this is a Skipping Stones Honor Award winning book that I wrote and it's it has kids helping all species of animals. So, um, you know, that's a, a dairy cow right there. Mm -hmm. And it starts out with companion animals, dogs and cats, and then it goes off to actually there's an australian story in here too it's so it's kids from all around the world oh, um, awesome. this is an australian animal hero kid yeah so uh when the kids hear these stories uh, in the elementary schools i'll do a school assembly when of course there's no covid <laughs> and um the kids clap and cheer after every animal rescue story by youth and it makes no difference what species of animal is being rescued to those elementary school kids no difference they clap exactly the same whether an elephant has been saved in thailand from the tourist industry uh, by juliet west whether it's chiclet, we were talking about chiclet before the show started, uh, a chicken saved from a future farmers of America. It's exactly the same joy and ecstatic, spontaneous clapping after every rescue. So, and then I, I always, if possible, um, have vegan food as part of the program. So, so I don't lead with the vegan vegan, but it's all about helping all species of animals. And then the book has lots of vegan recipes in the middle of it, the Animal Hero Kids book, and Tofurky and Beyond Meat. And um, a lot of these companies have helped Animal Hero Kids by donating products that I can go into the schools with. So sometimes if it's a class, then I they will make an Animal Hero sub. And in the animal hero sub, because in America, there are things called heroes, which are submarine sandwiches. And the animal hero sub will have tofurkey and diet cheese and sometimes potato chips because, hey, it tastes good. Veginate, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they make their own sandwiches. So, uh, so I always have a vegan element in there, you know, that, uh, that helps. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Makes me smile just thinking about that. It's so cool. <laughs> and vegan FTA, we're always looking for more uh, effective and uh, efficient ways of advocating and communicating. So I guess uh, what we can learn from that is the best way to get the the imagination of the children is to really start with one of these one of these types of stories, eh? Yes, and actually, the Animal Hero Kids book it's almost three hundred pages, and in it are service learning projects, lessons, uh, tips, awesome animal, um, awesome animal facts, and uh, schools that are all over helping animals, different, uh, different schools that have helped animals, like they have Meat Free Monday, or they, they've got vegan things in their cafeteria. And uh, one of the schools featured is um, James Cameron's wife's school that was the first vegan fair school in the United States. And I actually went there and gave Animal Hero Kids awards 
we had an annual Animal Hero Kids Awards at that school. And um, I, Animal Hero Kids flew in, you know, some of the kids that um, were helping animals at that time from all over Pennsylvania and all over to California. And uh, so the schools love this because the Skipping Stones Honor Award come, is a multicultural youth diversity magazine that I recognized that this book is, has all colors, all backgrounds, and it's uh, from actually all over the world, Philippines, you know, uh, Australia, and it has like activity ideas. So it's actually a very good, um, if you want to reach kids, this is, and you want like a curriculum, this could be the curriculum, like the activity ideas and, uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's great. I I don't mean to keep talking about my book, but the fact no, is, it's a beautiful book. I've got to get my hands on that book. <laughs> yeah, but the fact is, is the reason I wrote it is exactly for things like you just mentioned that you're looking for ways to talk to youth. You're looking for ways to get into schools. You're looking for non-threatening ways to get the truth out about what's happening to animals, but in a way where um, it's how you can be a hero to other animals. And so it's positive. So you don't go in there and they're not like, uh-oh, stay away, back away from the school. <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go in there with like uh, costumed characters and like one of the characters we have is Ronnie V. Cow. And I always say, and what do you think that, I'll see if I can find him in here. What do you think the word the the letter v stands for for ronnie v cow so you can sort of see ronnie v cow here no. oh see him there he is and so i say okay what does the word v stand for and in, i was in palm beach in a private school in a fourth grade class and this one girl said vodka but uh <laughs> then i was in santa monica at another school and somebody said virtual which had never happened. And at the time, I didn't even know what virtual meant. You know, they knew what it meant, but I didn't. So, but they, they generally get around to the word vegan because they say, oh, that's teacher's vegan or, you know, Johnny is vegan or, and then that discussion comes up in a natural way, you know, that, so it's not you bringing it up. It's actually a giant cow's name that you have with you. And it's the kids themselves that are bringing it up, asking you questions. That's the way to talk about it, you know? Fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, you know, definitely sounds like it's, it's working as well. Because, yeah, we, we were wondering as well the same thing. You know, how do you go about approaching this subject? So you've obviously just absolutely nailing it. Um, and as you mentioned, your teachings incorporate all kinds of animals, not just dogs and cats or not just farm animals. And throughout the series, we've seen advocates for both broad spectrum campaigns as well as a more sort of specific focus. Do you feel that having a broad range of animals featured helps the kids connect? Absolutely. And um, I always bring Lovey with me, a rescued doggy. And I even it could be like in I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but here in the United States, you do a school assembly and um, you're talking to 250 kids. And I have to do three school assemblies in one day in one school to reach the population. And that's just a medium sized school. So it's 700 uh, students a day I'm reaching. And so no matter what uh, grade level, kindergarten or up, when I enter the room and go up on stage with Lovey, complete silence, complete silence. The kindergartners, there could be three kindergarten classes of 30 each, you know, five-year-olds. And as soon as they see Lovey, this is what you hear. You hear this, oh, all together. And then... And then complete silence. I have their I have their attention as soon as I walk in with Lovey. And then they they find out about, you know, it's very interactive actually. So it's not just me talking, it's a lot of questions. Very interactive, you know. And um, with the, the lot of the questions and discussion that comes up, um, we also have an Animal Hero Kids pledge card at the end that each child takes home. 
and they say the pledge, I will never harm another animal. I realize that wild animals belong in their natural homes with their families. Now that's pretty, you know, straightforwardly simple. And you would think that everybody knows that these days, but in fact, we still have zoos, circuses, aquariums, and they learn in the presentation about some of the animals that have been helped by kids that are marine mammals and, and uh, circus, uh, circus protests that they've organized. And in the book, it also has ways to organize a protest, how to talk to your local government, how to um, speak to, to city commissioners, how to change the law how to change the law by uh, Thomas Pence, who, when he was 12 years old, created a lobby for animals group where he focused on legislation in Florida. And he started when he saw somebody killing a baby shark on a, on a dock in Florida. And um, he convinced the person to throw the baby shark back. So uh, there's a lot of wonderful stories, a lot of wonderful kids who are helping animals. And my uh, challenge, like all nonprofit group charities that are really grassroots, um, is to be as effective as possible. Because I have the answer to prevent animal cruelty. And I have uh, been doing it since 1980 with the programs. However, I'm not a fundraiser. I'm not a social media person, really. I'm not a public relations person or an advertiser or an agent or like all these things. So like everyone, we need to support each other and help each other to do things to be more effective. And uh, it's sometimes it can be really frustrating because I will say yes or plan something before we have the actual resources to do it. You know, it's just like, woo. I was at one school and I was so excited about this school that I said, I, uh, uh, we are going to get a bus and we're going to transport you across Florida for the Animal Hero Kids Summit. Yay, yay. And then, and I thought, I mean, how much can a bus cost really? Not that much, right? It was about fifteen hundred dollars oh. for air because because little did I know that of course it has to be an air conditioned bus because we're in Florida, and then it has to be like a coach and you have to pay for them all day for a very long time because they don't drop you off and then come back later they're there the whole time that bus or whatever so that's an example of um, sort of like pushing straight ahead without perhaps having the you know, really realizing how much funding stuff like this takes because we give everything away. Yeah, give away the books for free, give away the awards, give away the programs. And uh, it's a grassroots organization. So, uh, I mean, I need help with the website. You know, I, I'm very lucky that I have a student from the Art Institute that um, is now not a student anymore and is living in Dublin who is helping me with the website. So that's great, you know. So, yeah, so if there's anybody watching that would like to volunteer for Animal Hero Kids, we're all volunteer, including myself. And you can fill out a volunteer form on animalherokids.org. And we need everything, video editors, people who are savvy with social media, you know, because that's a lot of work, that social media stuff, don't you think? Yeah, yeah it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> oh, that, that's great to know that people can volunteer because, yeah, we, you know, we hear people all the time that want to do more and, and it's not always clear how to go about doing that. So that, mm. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah we'll be sure, sure to link uh, that in the description of this video as well so people can get involved easier. And yeah, collaboration is what's going to move us forward. And Fundraising is definitely one of the biggest issues that we're facing, apart from the animal cruelty itself, you know, yeah, fundraising course, is, yeah. is next yeah. there. And so many of us are, yeah, we're trying to get the work out. Even uh, this FTA series, you know, like we push ahead every year, try to make sure it happens. And we're sort of like, 
Ooh, we better actually fundraise at some point to yeah, keep Yeah, we're not going to be able to pay for the stuff we need I to make it. Yeah. We go, wow, what a, what, we have to do this. What an idea. Let's go forward. Da, da, da. And then you go, whoops. Wait a second. <laughs> you have to buy that stuff, don't you? <laughs> so uh, um, something else that we are looking for are video editors as well, but also farm sanctuaries, farm animal sanctuaries, legitimate ones, of course, that would like to partner with Animal Hero Kids and uh, do virtual programs in their school district. So we have a new program that has started since the Connecticut, um, two Connecticut school districts bought the e-version book for, for the students of the Animal Hero Kids and I led that class. Um, it's given me the idea that every farm sanctuary locally can go to their own school district and say, hey, we have this program with Animal Hero Kids, uh, a 40 plus year humane educator that um, will lead the program and we will be a part of it by introducing some of the animals that we've rescued for the kids virtually. And uh, so we're, we're starting that and that's a global thing. That could be anywhere and it's perfect partnerships because the local farm sanctuaries live in that school district they can do the legwork find out who's in charge and and it's also perfect timing because they're really looking for programs that are interactive engaging new fresh to try to keep the kids attentions in these times and then after the program, and let's say we're all um, hopefully not on the next bird, the next virus, which would be bird flu, um, the, the local people can go and visit, the kids that were in the class can go and visit that sanctuary and volunteer and get involved. So it's all, it's all a win-win-win. And what I like about it is it gives an alternative here to the 4-H program or the Future Farmers of America program where the kids are desensitized at an early age. There isn't, there's even something called Fair Life Farms, which you probably heard of the undercover cruelty investigation done there, mm -hmm. where they host um, busloads of kids and the busloads of kids, the goal is to desensitize them to the animal suffering. And they even have one uh, cow that has the stomach open of the cow. I'm not kidding, a hole in the, the cow of the stomach and this like plastic rim around and the kids put a plastic glove on themselves and they go and they put their hand inside the stomach. That's one of the, the and the kids are, you know, kids like animals. And if they hear they're going to a farm, they're all excited and they all go on the school bus there. And what do they find out? They find out the same thing that I found out when I was in school in middle school, grade seven and eight. So I think I was in grade seven and we were taken to the Canadian National Exhibition Agricultural Fairgrounds as a school trip. And they had a mother pig and then they had the baby pigs in one of those Iron Maidens or Farring crates. And, uh, and I, I yelled at the guy. I was totally shocked. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop this, what are you doing, you know? But the kids that really wanna help animals, what do, they, what do they have in their schools? What do they have available to them? Think about it, you know? They have, uh, many of the books have zoos being okay and Curious George and the monkeys. There's, some, there's a lot of things wrong currently with the way that uh, children, it's their, their, um, their love for other animals is often used to desensitize them to the cruelties that are going on. And when, when I did have a tour one time with the Girl Scouts and there was a, I was talking to the kids about dust baths and showing this chicken was taking a dust bath and the girl said to the mother, but, but this, isn't the, this isn't the type of chicken we eat, is it? 
And the mother said, oh, no, no, it's a different type of chicken that we eat. It's not this type of chicken. So let's face it, there is a big lie going on to so many kids that if they knew that their, their crispy chicken tenders were actually from these beautiful birds, they wouldn't want to participate. And as a matter of fact, it's happening where the kids are finding out for themselves. And they're finding out online or maybe they're the their celebrity, you know, like Sadie Sink or Billie Eilish, you know, uh, the they find out, oh, they're vegan, what's that? And then they research themselves and they're making the decision to go to go vegan. So um, the support is needed for these kids because often they might be the only vegan in, in the school, you know, depending on where they live. So that's where Animal Hero Kids can come in and say, join Animal Hero Kids, be a part of the Animal Hero crew. And then they meet other, other vegan kids all around the world. So if anybody's watching and has children or teens that are vegan and they want to join the Animal Hero crew, they just go to our website, they go to the about thing and it'll say Animal Hero Crew. They can see all of the kids that are members and they can also join and have their picture on there, their first name and how they help animals and how they wanna help animals, a little thing. And then they would participate in compilation videos like um, Animal Hero Crew taste tests of plant milks or, uh, so we have a video on the homepage, We Are Animal Hero Kids, that is beautiful that I don't know if you can play, you know, in this, uh, but uh, it shows a lot of the kids from all over saying we are animal hero kids. We educate, we nominate because I also, you know, animal hero kids gives awards to kids who have helped animals. And there's some amazing rescue stories, amazing, you know? And I find that it doesn't matter how much money the, the child or teen has doesn't matter where they live if they see an animal that needs help and that animal is there crossing their path they're going to do everything to help that animal and those are the stories that are that are part of animal hero kids really stop the podcast we'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our partners animal hero kids animal hero kids are fostering a culture of empathy and kindness in children and teens by encouraging and recognizing compassionate and courageous acts to help all species of animals. Animal Hero Kids also offer complimentary, interactive, humane education programs highlighting stories of rescue and aid of animals in need. Do you know a young person who is a hero for the animals? Sign them up to this global movement. Head on over to animalherokids.org to learn more. Now back to the podcast. I can already think of um, so many sanctuaries and stuff we need to get uh, get and put you yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking to a few. A whole host of links, but um, and a couple of animal hero kids here in New Zealand. I'm going to yeah. be hitting up their mums as soon as we get off this call. That's great. That's great. And then the, all they have to do is buy the animal hero kids book because this is like a manual, really, you know. And and then we'll uh, we're we're working on like a certification. Obviously, we're only working with real sanctuaries, not not sanctuaries that say they're sanctuaries, but in fact they're they're a petting zoo or they're breeding or something. So uh, so we're weeding out everyone, and and in that weeding out would be a certification where they can uh, at their sanctuary or on their website have a thing saying Animal Hero Kids um participating in the be an animal hero program partner or something like that so that'll be fantastic yeah. there's quite a few sanctuaries that we've uh, worked with over the course of our time at vegan fta and so many of them their goal is to go on to educate kids mm -hmm. more than anything and educate the public so uh, it'll be great to have programs like that but um going back to sort of how you uh, speaking about these programs that they have to desensitize kids one thing that's very important right now is mental health and especially with what's been going on in recent times. And um, there's the effect of Vistopia, which uh, is the existential crisis that comes up when we're looking at this our current world and then our vegan beliefs and that existential crisis that arises from those uh, interacting with each other. And for these kids, um, I think it's so important that, you know, you're teaching them to really connect, you know, not to disconnect because 
it's from a lot of this disconnection that a lot of mental health issues arise because you know we're creating these crises within ourselves um have you seen this effect of Vistopia though within the children when you know they're getting introduced to this whole vegan world and then they're looking out around it and how it affects them sort of mentally that's a really good question that's something that i as as the animal hero kids founder have um on the i i want to make sure depending on the age of the kids that they don't see things that are traumatizing to them you know because let's face it i wake up at four o'clock in the morning with things that i can't get out of my head we have these like reels that we've seen that once it starts we can't stop do we want to do that to a child no we do not and so i make sure that the all the animal hero kids materials resources videos books are come at it from a point where the animal needs help and you can help this is what you can do this is what and then they take those steps to do it well that is huge because the the only time that i sleep well is when i know that I've done the best that I can and I feel like I'm being constructive and positive. Well, that's the same with everybody, I think. And so the fact that these kids, these kids might come in and they they might be like, oh, I saw this and that on online, right? And that's why I'm vegan and that, but then we'll we'll say, okay, this person feels the same way that you do about dairy cows and and they are doing a petition to locally ban veal crates in their their city like Josie one of our animal hero kids who's now a teen that's in the book that's uh, when I first met her that's what she was doing so then they then get to connect and it is it's soothing it's it's like I'm not I'm not alone and I can actually do something and I think no matter how old we are we need that so that helps. I try to protect the, the the positivity and the light that children have, the joy that they have. And uh, a lot of joy comes from them being all together and uniting and and achieving something together. I mean, even these compilation videos that we do, you'll see that we are Animal Hero Kids. It starts with Kamaya in Arizona, and then it goes to Kingston and Vancouver. I don't say where they're all from, but even though they're, they live in separate parts of the, the world, they're all together in that video. And then they watch it and they, they, say, they see others that are like themselves. So, I mean, I hear things. Uh, there was one young boy who was teased a lot and he ended up committing suicide and he was vegan. I, I, and I think that was in... I think it was in England and I was I was shocked of course and and I thought well we have to figure out a way that everybody can join animal hero kids that that everybody knows about it you know because he didn't know about it I think if he knew about it he would be introduced to all the other kids that feel the same way now that doesn't mean you have to be vegan to join animal hero kids I want to make that clear. If you're helping cats or dogs or horses, that's wonderful too. You don't have to be vegan to join Animal Hero Kids. Sometimes it happens where then they learn from the other kids what's happening to the other animals and then they end up being vegan. So, which is good. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, 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 community is definitely such a huge part of this and it is a huge backer for mental health, having those people around you to support you. And one thing is that when you do reach these children, um, they can still often face opposition when uh, it comes to the adults in their lives. Because once again, so many of us, you know, are still trying to get our rel relatives on board with this whole thing. Um, what's your advice to any of the children who might be watching this when they're coming up against a situation of dealing with the adults? Well, I was, uh, I, I, I've been doing a couple, when I was doing a couple of school assemblies, it's actually happened like three times where the child in the audience might be eight or nine and they'll say, I want to be a vegetarian, but my 
my parents don't want me to and they won't let me and they you know so I'm of course I'm not gonna say well you know leave home they're eight or nine but I do say um I was eight or nine and I wanted to be vegetarian and I was forced to eat liver at the table and not leave until that liver was finished on my plate and even though I was saying, I'll say this to you, but I won't say this to them. Even though I was saying the veins were snapping in my mouth to my to my mom. And, and uh, so I would say, well, and now when I moved out, when I got older, uh, now I can do what I want. So now, now I can do what I want. And if you want to tell your parents, and I'll give them a handout sheet, that has uh, resources for everything, Re like in their local area, resource to help wildlife, resource to um, to learn about children's health, uh, vegan health. And so it's pcrm.org. And I'll say to the teachers, you know, um, there are many, many kids and teens that are turning vegan because Billie Eilish is vegan. And so many of their people that they look up to are vegan. And why not have them go vegan in a healthy way? And here is the resources to do that. So that that way they don't just eat French fries, you know, and nothing else. So then it's like, okay, here's a free tool and a resource that that is being offered to them, you know. And so helpful. I'm sure there's a lot of people that, um, me included, you know, when I was uh, younger, I was 13, when I uh, said I was going vegetarian and, you know, my mum would try and do anything because she was like, I'm not having you live on cucumber sandwiches. And she didn't know what to feed me. And that was just going vegetarian, you know, so it's, it's great to have resources now. You know, she didn't have anywhere to, to go or there weren't too many resources right. around to, to know what to feed me. So in the end, you know, she just kept making me my favorite sausage roll, shepherd's pie and all of those things, you know, <laughs> tempt me back to the dark side. But I won in the end, mom, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> And mom, yes, my mom's 82 and vegan now today. And I'm, and if she was watching this, she'd say, why do you always say your mom? What about your dad? Your dad was doing it too. <laughs> you know? So true, so true. My dad definitely wasn't doing the cooking though, I think, yeah. So. <laughs> he just figured it would be, you know, a phase I'd be going through. Yeah. But, um, yes. We've um, we've spoken in, in interviews before about you know the importance of critical thinking, which um, Animal Hero Kids certainly teaches, and which is brilliant, such a valuable tool to, to learn at a young age. And as well as critical thinking, Animal Hero Kids also teaches a lot of skills that many adults would love to have. You know, and you've mentioned like organizing a protest, how to contact governments, or how to lobby for legislations. And what are some of the great results of you know, from the young people that, that you know about that have come about as a result of this. We've, we've spoken about the lad with the baby shark. Yes. Well, where do you start? Um, <laughs> the, it's, I don't, first of all, I don't take credit for what the kids and teens do themselves. So it's not um, Animal Hero Kids that is doing this as the organization we are like a springboard we're like a training ground right so so when let's say um genesis who is um well known she was the youngest um tedx talker in the united states and she turned her family vegan when she was like five and we gave her an animal hero kids awards it was actually a paul mccartney young veg advocate award when she was five when I saw her poem that she did when she was in grade one about um, she has a dream. I have a dream. Let's face it. We don't eat animals. She said it way better than I do. <laughs> and, uh, and so she has, has, has grown to be a mega, you know, activist. And I'm an animal. That's not animal hero kids, the organization doing that. That's her doing that, you know, uh, independently. And as a as a critical thinker, an individual that um, that is self possessed, 
and um, has faith in what she is saying is going to be received well, is eloquent. She's had a lot of positive reinforcement from her mom, you know, Janelle. And uh, that's the same with with all of the Animal Hero kids, really. They, they will go off and do their own thing. Like Hannah, Testa, she now has a book out all about the plastic crisis and and helping the oceans and so on. So it's hard for me to say, oh, Animal Hero Kids has accomplished this or Animal Hero Kids has accomplished that when I kind of feel like we are the, we're the club that the kids come to and then they go out into the world. So we are like the, the seed and the pot, you know, and they, all, they come in, they get fortified, they get, they get positive self-esteem, they get trained from their their other kids that are achieving things and then they go out into the world and then we then uh, our our challenge as animal hero kids the organization is to to keep our soil strong <laughs> not like i'm being like that being there movie with peter sellers but uh, <laughs> but it's to keep to keep to for us to keep healthy and not um to be supported to, for people to realize what we are doing. However, having said that, we also are an activist organization. So we'll focus on different things. Like here in Florida, they had the bear killing. Uh, it was a bear massacre. It was a family bear massacre, I call it. I don't call it hunting because it's, hunting is like you're looking for something and you find it and you don't have a high powered rifle and you don't have bait and you don't have calls and you you don't just go out on a flat land in Florida and kill kill bears so it's not it was a massacre it wasn't a hunt and uh, a lot of the kids animal hero kids came with me to the fish and wildlife commissions and spoke very eloquently against killing the bears it, what they said was inarguable the crusty old Fish and Wildlife Commissioners who are appointed and are hunters. They're not elected. They're appointed by the governor. And the Fish and Wildlife Commission here, I don't know about New Zealand, their, their main thing is to support hunting because they make their money out of hunting licenses. But yet this is the entity that's supposed to be protecting wildlife. So uh, in the first time in, in like my 30 years of going there, the Fish and Wildlife Commission, um, there's, a, there's a story in the book how they banned fox and coyote penning because 12 kids spoke against it and they were affected by it. So they, it, and of course the media love it. It's kids talking. A lot of times adults get tired of listening to each other. So uh, a news reporter is gonna go straight towards that child that is saying, you know, don't kill the bears, don't, kill the bears and so we had a memorial for all the bears that were killed and um the memorial was called by one of our animal hero kids that's that's how i put it across and he was six at the time kendall and his instagram is i am little bear that was his nickname little bear and he called this memorial together and all of the groups came together and all of the people came together there was hundreds in orlando at a memorial service for all the bears that were killed. And um, the next year they voted not to kill bears anymore. Be why? Not because uh, that they're listening to public opinion because they don't care. They don't have to care, they they're not voted in. They did it because they knew they couldn't get away with it because of all the media attention. They. Um they could not get away with it again. It was too unpopular, right? And it wasn't just Animal Hero Kids, I have to say, that, that did that. There was other organizations too. We all pulled together and, and worked on it. So that was an instance where our activist organization, because I am an activist from 1980, um, really pushed and focused on that one specific thing to, to stop it. And it did, and it did stop. And it was all the kids united, you know, together to stop it. That's absolutely so, brilliant. And, and, awesome. Yeah, and I love doing like surprise type things. So the day that the Fish and Wildlife Commission 
were deciding on how many bears they were going to kill at their meeting at the hotel that they were staying and they came out for lunch and a lot of media was there um down the side of the hotel was a big banner that said say no to killing in a big bear space and it was like a three-story banner because we had animal hero kids had rented a hotel room that night so we could go in the morning and at lunchtime and unfurl our banner <laughs> right there <laughs> and then that banner followed them everywhere it was in the bridge it was wherever they had it it's just like there all the time <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic i i, I love hearing that yeah it was, susan like is a serious like you know you're a lovely sweet lady and you do all this wonderful stuff with children but you, you're you're a real badass activist as well you know you've done some amazing things <laughs> So, but yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. You really can't argue with kids. And I, for our viewers here, if you haven't already, you've got to check out Eduardo Gonzalez's episode. He speaks a lot about the hunting and the atrocities going on, especially when it comes to those organizations which are going to be conserving them, being headed up by a lot of big hunters. Mm -hmm. So that's an important episode to check out. But also, this really shows how well the media can work in our favor. And um, talking to Captain Paul Watson from Sea Shepherd, he was another one who cemented that point in that if you yeah. know how to manipulate it, how to use it, it yeah. is one of our greatest assets that we can use. And um, at, the, at the moment, there are just so many injustices that are being given the limelight that they deserve, you know, and we're trying to bring them to justice. And one of the things that you teach within Animal Hero Kids is to empathize with others outside of their peer group and also their species. And it's an important tool when we come to disarm these uh, social, not just social injustices, but injustices in general. So empathy and kindness are core aspects of Animal Hero Kids. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's uh, fostering empathy. That is the key. Fostering empathy. If you don't have empathy, you don't have a building block to kindness. So that is so important to foster empathy. So my background is early childhood education. And that's, of course, one of the things that we were taught in school. But the fact is, is that I was taught that and we were all taught that a long time ago, empathy in our own lives. You know, my grandfather uh, from, from Ballinasloe, Galway was a, he helped all the wildlife and so when I was like six or so, I met all kinds of animals that he had rescued that he was then releasing. And one was a duck that I came face to face with, literally, because I was short, you know, <laughs> so was the duck and I was on the ground and I just came face to face for the first time, you know, with the duck like this, this close. We're looking at each other in our eyes and I recognized here is another life just exactly like me. That was an empathy builder right there. And um, the we all have those in our lives, you know, but I try to fast forward the empathy or grow the empathy. And this is one of the, this is, there's a Beganza Animal Hero book. This is the first vegan animal hero that is, um, not a kid, actually, but an adult with Lovey. And her, one of her superpowers is to um, foster empathy. But how she does it is, let's say there is a hunter that is about to kill a mother bear like this. So she flies in. I don't know if you can see that. But she yep. flies in and she freezes the scene. And the hunter then feels what the what the animal is feeling, the fear that they feel. And then they come up with their own things or she whispers something and they think it's their idea. And she whispered in the story, this story, she whispers, you will come up with a wildlife ambulance idea and so he wakes up and he now you know everything's unfrozen and he realizes oh my god what have i done and uh 
you know, he didn't shoot the mother bear. And she also snaps the gun in half with her magic powers. And she has fostered empathy in that hunter. And now he helps wildlife. And he has a wildlife ambulance uh, idea. He thinks he does. So, um, and then later in the, the, all the kids who were protesting actually, um, they got a note to join Veganza's Animal Heroes School. And next thing you know, Veganza's meeting the vegan mermaid right there, Courage. And uh, they all received that note in their pocket when they were frozen. And then the next thing you know, they're arriving in the wildlife ambulance, which the former hunter, you know, is driving. And they're all welcoming the Animal Hero kids who are holding the Animal Hero Kids book. <laughs> and uh, off they go in their craft to Animal Hero School. So, um, so that is all about fostering empathy. And there's the former hunter waving goodbye. Brilliant. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned Veganza because that was going to be my next question as well. So we'll make sure that we definitely have links to, to where you can get these wonderful books from. Yes. It's uh, it's good to go to our website and get it, but that's only if you're in America. If you're in Australia or New Zealand, it it's actually, I think, on it's all over. If you Google Australia Animal Hero Kids Voices for the Voiceless, that book will come up in Australia or Veganza Animal Hero. It'll come up in in there. And uh, we're also working on uh, Veganza Animal Hero food giveaway that's a regular thing. And we have had a, an old Jeep donated and uh, the we're gonna wrap it with Veganza Animal Hero around it and give away the hero subs uh, to here in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida where it's needed, really. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that is, that's awesome. I just love everything you're doing, everything you've done and everything you continue to do. Um, you know, thank you. I mean, Animal Hero Kids teaches people of, of all ages um, how powerful they are in, in ways that they can relate. That's what I love. You teach, teach them that they are very powerful they've got a very powerful and important voice and thanks to you there are teams of children all around the world like you say speaking out for the animals so for you after 40 years of activism and still going strong what is your hope for the future well i i still have a dream of having an animal hero kids world sanctuary kind of thing where kids can come and meet rescued animals, not big, just like a, almost like a pilot, because that's a huge undertaking, you know, a sanctuary, but like two pigs, two cows, and, and the kids will come and visit, they will get a free presentation, interactive, they'll meet the animals, and they'll have a vegan food making activity, and then uh, an art activity, and then they'll, then they'll go you know, they'll go out and we would have our own little Animal Hero Kids world where we'll have our Animal Hero Kids Awards every year. And um, uh, that's kind of one of the things that I am still holding out. I'm 61 now, holding out for that dream to come true. I've had little bits of it over the years, like where I was at a sanctuary where they asked me to do an education center. I said, okay, but the education center is only gonna serve vegan food and that's my one condition. They said, okay, but it turned out actually that the groups weren't, uh, they just wanted to help horses and cats actually and nobody else and it didn't, they had barbecues and you know, we didn't get along <laughs> after, after the barbecue and the pig race and the, wildlife displays I thought you know I can't do this so um so I but I had a little taste of it with the school buses arriving and uh, I would make them uh vegan homemade chili and uh they would have you know pies uh, fruit pies for dessert and and they would spend the whole day and they would be changed each each child or teen would be changed after that day out because I don't know if you remember when you went on school trips that was a big deal when you were 
when you were a kid, you know, same with the assemblies, but actually going somewhere out of school on a school bus, you know, and then meeting animals. And then that's, that really affected them. I had kids that came in that were from a group where they were in, believe it or not, um, a group home that was on jail grounds that was boys that were like 12 or 13 and uh they they had done something so they call it juvenile detention center but it was really like it was also a group home because they didn't have room for some of the kids and anyway so they were regular visitors and uh and they had so much heart, you know, they, and they, they met one of the, um, when in my presentation, I had a, I had a slide of Carrick, the black bunny that I rescued, that was uh, in a cruelty case. And uh, when I took the rabbit to the vet, she x-rayed the, the rabbit and the, the organs that were supposed to be like around the stomach were pushed up. And that's just where they were, you know, permanently from a kick. And uh, nobody knew that until I took Carrick to the vet. And when I told that story to the kids and they saw this beautiful rabbit, one of them said, if I could, I would make Carrick the queen of the world. And that was the way that that boy, that 12-year-old boy voiced his regard for that other creature, that how how he would would take this creature that has suffered and hold hold up that creature and keep them safe forever and you know have them actually higher than himself like as the queen and that's the way that he voiced it i knew exactly what he meant you know and so i would like to have a home for animal hero kids so that's something that I'm still holding on to, you know, that possible dream. And uh, we don't have a lot of funding, you know, it's, uh, but you never know, maybe somebody watching this will say, oh, I've got some land or I've got some more, I can help with that. And plan B, which you always have to have, don't you? Plan B, plan C. Plan B is the fact that all of the farm sanctuaries that exist in the world can join Animal Hero Kids programs, become an Animal Hero Kids uh, entity in their own neighborhood, and I will help them for free to get um, the local schools interested and, and involved. And now that would be the largest sanctuary teaching in the world. Because when you think about it, Amazon doesn't have a store, you know, Netflix doesn't have a film thing or, you know, all of that thing. There's no actual bricks and mortar. Why couldn't uh, Uber doesn't have a taxi place? So why couldn't Animal Hero Kids be the largest partner, education partner with sanctuaries in the world? And I would get my wish and help a lot of kids all over still, you know? Fantastic vision, and hopefully um, all of us here at Vegan FTA can uh, help you achieve those dreams sometime in the future. You know, absolutely, and all the wonderful ce celebrities that support your work as well. We've got Paul McCartney, we've got Joaquin Phoenix. There are so many, so you never know. Hopefully, they might be watching as well. If, if you'd like to help Susan with her sanctuary, guys, that would be awesome. All the d links you need should be in the description <laughs> yeah. for this. Yes, and if you and if you are a celebrity and you're watching, we're actually doing a claymation a five minute claymation, you know, like chicken run is a claymation mm -hmm. and it's begins at animal hero and the, the, the film fellow that's doing it actually was a preschooler at three years old. I did a presentation in his school in Miami and he's grown up, graduated from film school and he's doing this claymation and we're looking for celebrity voices for the characters. So we're looking for a celebrity voice to be lovey in the veganza claymation. And I I kind of wish Moby would be that that voice, but and uh wonderful. So Moby, anyway. where you at, man? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so and I would really love uh some 
woman to be veganza. I don't want to be veganza. I want um, a voice that people will be like, oh, wow, Helen Mirren is veganza, or oh, you know. Mm, Rain's ticking, ticking, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, there's one last little point I'd like to make, and it was, um, as you're speaking about the way that these kids have connected with the animals, it's something that we've seen come up quite a few times in recent episodes is it's not just the the why you go vegan but it's the who you go vegan for as well and having those those special connections with animals it, it really just it cements what you do it for and i know for myself thank you for listening to this interview we hope you found it informative and entertaining to learn more about susan's work check out animalherokids.org Once again, be sure to follow us on our social media pages for future episodes. And if you're enjoying our content, please leave a review on your chosen podcast platform. This has been Vegan FTA, vegan for the animals.